UNICEF works for every child and our program areas, the focus areas that UNICEF focuses on the most are healthcare, protection, respect, and education. And obviously under each of those main pillars, there are a number of different subsectors, climate and gender equity. And so with each of those, you can only imagine the amount of stories and lived experiences that come through. And so it's our job, like I mentioned, to bring those stories closer to the U.S. Great events create great brands. And it takes a village to put on an event that engages, excites, and connects audiences to your brand. And we're that village. I'm Alyssa. I'm Paulina. And I'm Rachel. And you're listening to Great Events, the podcast for all people interested in events and marketing. Hi, everybody. What is going on in the wide, wide world of events? My name is Rachel, and welcome to another great episode of Great Events. I'm Joined this week with a uh, internal guest host, Elizabeth Powell, who is an industry solutions marketer for our nonprofit world, amongst other things. Elizabeth, before I introduce our guest, I want you to give a quick background on your role really quick. Yeah, thanks, Rachel. Like many of our listeners, I imagine um, I once too was an event planner. I did it in the luxury wedding space. I've done it for universities and I've done it for associations and nonprofits. Her transition with an MBA from Georgetown, now I help Cvent as a solutions marketer, which means I'm constantly listening to the trends and news and the challenges you face as a nonprofit event professional or marketer and think about how we can provide better resources and solutions for you. Very awesome. Well, cool. This is going to be a fun conversation today, as all of them are, but I have a good friend of mine, old friend of mine. Tyler Armstrong, who is the Managing Director of Special Events at UNICEF. Welcome, Tyler. Hello. How's it going? Good. Tyler and I go way back to 2007, 2006. We were good friends when I lived up in New York and had many fun adventures together. Tyler also uses Cvent now, so we're, we uh, re-met again at Cvent Connect a few years back, and I you know, reacquainted with him. But we we hung way back in the day. I feel really old saying that now, but. Yeah, I know. Such good times. And uh, it was so, so cool to see Connect come through and to see there as well. Very cool. Well, I know for our listeners, we do a lot of corporate stuff on this podcast, but I'm very excited to have Tyler on today because we rarely do nonprofit and, and Tyler has such a cool role at UNICEF. So what, Tyler, why don't you give our listeners just a little, you know, the the background of your, you know, history, your your role at UNICEF and kind of what you what you bring to this great industry. Well, thank you. And it's uh, it's an honor to be here. So first of all, I'm with UNICEF USA. UNICEF USA is the fundraising and advocacy arm of UNICEF, which UNICEF is obviously the global children's organization, part of the United Nations. So I am in New York. I've been with UNICEF USA for 12 and a half years now. I'm the managing director. I oversee a team of producers, event planners, and we specialize in doing fundraising events that are both creating awareness and engagement and community building and advocacy for, for UNICEF. So really, it's our job to produce events that are 
going to to reach audiences far and wide in the US and mainly and this is like our big goal is to connect American audiences, US audiences with the global work of of UNICEF. So UNICEF works in 190 countries and territories worldwide and most of us may never visit a lot of those countries and so it's my job as a producer and my team's job to to use events as a like a portal or a window into the lives of children and their families that that are living around the world. So yeah, we've been for many years, for the 12 years that I've been a part of the team, we've been designing mainly large galas or formal seated fundraising events. We were mainly doing those pre-pandemic. And then when the pandemic hit, like all of us, we had to pivot. We kind of did an, an assessment of our skill sets, uh, the skill sets on the team. And we immediately just decided to start doing events very differently and inherently reaching wider audiences, different audiences than we were pre-pandemic. And that's kind of helped us guide a new strategy that we're now implementing moving forward. So that's my my role in a nutshell. I'm happy to answer as many questions as you have about any of <laughs> I love it. I always say, you know, event event planning, we're not saving lives here, but you you quite literally are are doing that with your events and your event strategy. So maybe I should hold my tongue when I say event planners don't impact that because I do think that a lot of event professionals and experience makers however you want to call us, because we, we are a lot of different things under the umbrellas of, of planning, right, do impact the lives. I love what you said about using events and experiences as a portal into others' lives. Like, how cool is that? One, can you just take us through, like, some of those different portals that you've kind of opened? I know you just talked about, obviously, the galas and things like that that people know you for, but talk through some of the other things that you've done that have that have helped shed the light on folks that are within the spectrum of events, but also like have broadened that scope. Yeah. So UNICEF works for every child and our program areas, the focus areas that UNICEF focus on, focuses on the most are healthcare, protection, respect, and education. And obviously under each of those main pillars, there are a number of different subsectors, climate and gender equity. And so with each of those different pillars or program areas, you can only imagine the amount of stories that and lived experiences that come through. And so it's our job, like I mentioned, to bring those stories closer to the U.S. I, I think be really surprised at all of the similarities that that we'd see between ourselves and those going to school in other parts of the world um, and some of the, the major differences too. And so the role that we play as event planners is really to make sure that we're making that emotional connection between those stories so that people can really immediately see those similarities and differences. So one example would be during the pandemic. I mean, during the pandemic, we were really all facing the same types of global challenges when it came to education. You know, millions of kids, two billion kids on earth were out of school. And so there were, we were faced with a global pandemic and it was a time when, you know, school looked very differently. 
So the portal that we created during the pandemic was setting up virtual events where we could show or showcase students taking, taking us on a tour of their school, their home, what their school looked like at that time, the different ways that they were, that they were playing and interacting differently. Uh, so that's just one example. That is so cool. Like the backstage thing is really, really nice. I mean, that's, it's, it's helpful to see and like create attention and awareness around those things. Otherwise you're just kind of shouting in space at, at things without giving people, Hey, this is what's happening. This is, this is why you need to, to care or help. Right. So, I mean, on that side of your events, your goals, let's talk about you as a, as a business owner for UNICEF for a second. So your goals for obviously is shedding a light on the children and, and the different environmental factors and things like that. But for your events and driving awareness to that, I'm sure you're, you're doing more than just creating awareness. You're also hitting financial goals and, and getting that information to major stakeholders. Can you get, give us a little bit more behind the scenes peek into that? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the main ways that we were fundraising that really haven't haven't changed this year. Right now, we're planning a gala that will take place on November the 28th on Giving Tuesday. So that will take place in New York at Cipriani on Wall Street. The basics of the operations of planning that fundraising gala are we work with volunteer event committees and core leadership members that volunteer their time to reach out to their networks to sell tables and tickets to attend the event. The event is an exclusive one night only event where we sell tables for starting at $30,000 and going up to sell sponsorships to 100,000, 250,000 for a presenting sponsorship. We really rely on our board members who also volunteer their time to support the organization. We have regional boards and a national board with UNICEF USA made up of really like people from every industry who are coming together to volunteer their time to reach out to their networks to support the efforts of UNICEF and what they're doing for every child. So we're currently in the process of working with those groups to sell tables and tickets onto this event on November the 28th. And the event, the structure of the event will be a stage program. There will be people who are youth voice and people who are speaking from the stage about UNICEF's work. We'll use film and different audiovisual tools in order to make sure that we're building those, as you call them, like portals into uh, the lives of others that evening. And then we also will have a performer who will donate their time to, to entertain our guests too. So in the past, uh, we've had Diana Ross, we've had Mariah Carey, Pink, Katy Perry, Walk the Moon perform at our, our annual event. So um, this will now be in its 18th annual year, the UNICEF Gala at Cipriani Wall Street on, on the 20th November. So we're, we're currently on sale and our website will launch next week and we'll be announcing the talents in the next couple of weeks to a month. Elizabeth, do you have $30,000? Do you want to go in on that? Well, I was just thinking about that. I was like, man, if we just pull our pull our resources together. Tyler, you raised such a good point about, it sounds like this is the real showcase event. 
of the year for your team. And a lot of attention and planning goes into this. And you've been, you know, your organization has been doing it now for 18 years. Sounds like you've been along the ride for a number of those as well. What keeps you guys coming back to the drawing board with this event? What have been some of the biggest innovations with with your gala in the past couple of years? Great question. So coming back from the pandemic, I think we will all agree that we're in a different place. And um, and I think that people's interests have changed a great deal. And so people are really wanting more immersive experiences. They really want to not be spoken at or spoken to, but engaged as um, as part of the conversation that we're having. They want to feel more of a connection to, to the children and their families that that we're speaking about on the stage. And so we're using technology in many ways to to make sure that we're we're creating a, a more personal or personalized connection to those audience members in the room. They've also shared with us that it's as much about learning what's going on in the world as it is about connecting with one another in the room. So that was something that was like definitely missed and something that people were craving during the pandemic that they wanted to make sure that we work on building our community of really like the engagement um, is just as important as as the fundraising. And people with UNICEF and the board members and people who have been involved in the event for that many years, they get so excited about bringing in new audience as well to into the fold to introduce them to the work of UNICEF. I think that it's not common that we hear that, or it is common that we hear that people have said, you know, I know I, I'm familiar with UNICEF. Like I've heard of UNICEF. What do you do every day? Is it something to do with kids? And so I think that events like these are a time for people to connect over the UNICEF mission and to, and to give back. And so that's really one of the reasons why we've been consistently doing our events on Giving Tuesday for for many, many years. We were actually always the Tuesday after Thanksgiving and then Giving Tuesday became a thing. And we just, we saved the date and we continue to just ask people to reserve that day for us. And so it's been incredibly successful. We've raised millions and millions of dollars through the gala over many years. And so this year we're set to raise $4 million and and we'll achieve that goal through both table sales, ticket sales, and then sponsorships. And then we also have a live appeal that takes place that night in the room where people can fund the need and they can raise their hand during a, think of it more like a, a live auction moment. But um, instead of purchasing things for yourself, you're able to give back. So they can pledge to send an emergency relief as SUV truck to the field that can reach kids that are living in parts of the world that are difficult to reach. You can pledge a water pump, a community water pump that provides clean water to a community that um, is not just a, an immediate need, but something that can serve a community for many, many years to come. It's like, it's gift like these that, gifts like these that kind of give me chills because it's not just about one generation. It's actually like giving, providing clean water for generations to come. It's so impactful. And and I think that that's what really keeps my team and I going. Right. It's not just a KPI on your sheet. It's actually impacting a life. 
which is so, so much better. Yeah. And even like just creating that opportunity, not even knowing where the cap is like that evening, that it doesn't just stop with the sponsorship, but that you have the power to create the atmosphere to drive change in that moment is really, really cool. And I think something completely unique, the nonprofit event space that makes it challenging, but also really exhilarating and rewarding. I'm really curious. It sounds like you listen to your attendees and there's a group that kind of is really invested and comes back year after year and maybe they're even part of your marketing. How have the role of like these volunteer leaders or organizers evolved and how do you rely and coordinate with them as part of your outreach and engagement for that event? So this is something that we're talking about a lot now, that we have a core group of, of supporters that attends the event year after year. We have data that shows that around like 33% we have retention year over year from like a core group of supporters that um, that's an average across all of the events that we do. And so the rest of that, um, the, the rest of the room is our new audiences that are coming back or coming to the to the organization new. And that's a testament to our board members, our committees who are working with us year after year to make sure that they're reaching out to new groups. So some years, I think board members are looking to new corporations. They're um, thinking about the UNICEF programs that are very top of mind in that year and the companies that that have similar interests. So climate and clean water and emergency relief, which companies are inspired to give or give back in those ways, how, where are the similarities in terms of just the, the scope from company to, um, to organization. So yeah, it's definitely like a, a moving target or cycle from year to year in terms of audience reach. Yeah. I, I think it's really fascinating how much nonprofit events really are brought together by the volunteers and the attendees themselves, right? It's such a galvanizing movement leading up to the event. How are you capturing on like new attendee engagement? Are you generating buzz like before the event through word of mouth? Are you following up with them after with like new content or updates? Talk us through how you keep the community going. Well, this is a great question. It's, I think like there are a lot of different tentacles, the ways that we do that. It's not just my team, but I work with a number of colleagues who generate buzz around the event. So I think a part of it is word of mouth. So the word of mouth of board members and event attendees that have attended the event in the past. We also have a really fantastic group of colleagues who are working on PR efforts and not just promoting the stage participants. So those performers or entertainers that are a part of the evening, but also the the theme or the focus of the event. So this year, our focus is gender equity and girls and women. And so that's going to be like a big part of our, our messaging. And um, we're thinking about right now, the different communities or community leaders who would want to be a part of, of that event. We're thinking about companies that have supported UNICEF in the past that have potentially lapsed companies that have a special affinity for girls and women. We're reaching out to even the people that we're hiring to work with us. So our 
vendors are part of our outreach pool. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, it's it's definitely like a, a big effort that goes into establishing like the buzz or like building the audience. But one other thing, it's it's not just the before, I think equal importance to the after. So after each event takes place, there's a, a team at UNICEF USA that is specifically focused on stewardship. So the minute that the event ends, we think about like, how can we give this event a very long tail? The event is an incredible investment for UNICEF USA. And so how can we maximize that investment? I think Cvent does a really good job of this too, by the way. Like you immediately leave Cvent Connect and you get like a survey and you're following up with the people who are attending that conference. And so UNICEF has a similar philosophy and we want to keep the engagement and the conversation going because you're learning a lot at a gala like the UNICEF gala. And so we want to not only get people's thoughts about what their experience was, but also what was most interesting to them about the event. And then we have a great team of people just standing by to follow up on those interests. I'm sure there's so much that you can do and learn about too that you need to be followed up with because you may have missed it at one of those amazing events that you produce. Where that's something we're finding is the attendee journey, as we call it at CVEN, can look really different and unique within the nonprofit space when you're looking to engage as a volunteer or a donor not necessarily like a one-time sales trade show conversion, right? It's a really different story. It's a really different model. And I love that you were able to just speak to that. Are there other ways in which you, your other events in your program kind of contribute to this long tail? Yes. So we're diversifying currently our event strategy moving forward. And so in the past, as I mentioned, we've been doing a lot of more formal seated fundraising dinners. They tend to take place in the evening. They are traditionally called galas. In the future, we're looking at cultivation events. We found that some supporters really feel more comfortable in a more like intimate setting. They want to be able to ask questions of our CEO or, or specialists in the field of child education. Uh, nutrition. So we're hosting more intimate like cultivation events that are more geared towards like 50 to 60 people. We're doing 13 of those events around the country each year. And those are in addition to like the bigger gala that'll take place in November, which is for hundreds. So we're expecting like around 800 people then. And then as we look to the future as well, we're also looking at We've seen incredible growth in community fundraisers, so third-party fundraisers. A lot of events are taking place where people are contacting us and they're offering to host an event on our behalf uh, so they can reach out to our team and say, you know, I want to do a bake sale or I have this great connection to a performer and I'd love to do a concert for, for UNICEF. So the way that that works is that there's a form that you can fill out on the UNICEF USA website. And we just ask some, some questions to make sure that our values are aligned with yours. And then you get approved to have use of our in support of UNICEF USA logo. And you essentially can produce an event on your own on behalf of UNICEF 
um, whether it be for your birthday or for Halloween, then you can send us the check afterwards, uh, whether there was money raised the event or if it was merely an event for advocacy. So that is growing. This year we'll raise over 1.7 million just in those third-party fundraisers um, where people are just sending us the, the net revenue for those events. So cool. I love that. Activate your base and recharge, like read beyond that. Yeah, I know. And I'm so, I mean, like the stories that are coming from those events are just so impressive. Really, really great program. It's got to be really cool to read about. You're like, oh, you're kind of taking on the role of what I do a little bit in a way. <laughs> and you're getting to experience some of some of the fulfillment there. We we talked about that. <laughs> I'm just getting a little bit, but we talked about this, doing that internally at C-Vent. Just say, here's how you plan an event. Here's events in a box for you. Just do our internal folks. Not the same thing at all, but <laughs> your yours are way more important than that. I w- I'm very curious about the nonprofit industry um, in the event space. Do you have, you know, associations that you're a part of that you're, you know, can bounce ideas off each other? Are you are you collaborating with other nonprofits to kind of evolve and grow with them as well? I'm I'm kind of blind to that side of things. You know, I'm obviously in the industry with you, but I don't know enough about the nonprofit world at all. Yeah, they're uh, really fantastic forums. I'm on this huge email list with a lot of other nonprofit arts organizations in New York that are just constantly chiming in with ideas, referrals. There's a shared calendar where we uh, make sure that there's no like big overlap on major events or opening nights. Yeah, there. I mean, like, I, I don't think that there's a week that goes by where someone isn't, you know, saying like, hey, you know, could you send us a list of producers that you worked with recently? Or who are you using for fundraising on site? Uh, what platforms are working well for you? So there's just kind of like a constant thread of ideas that are very inspiring. Well, that's got to be helpful, too. <laughs> it's like, who doesn't appreciate a good referral locally? There was a lot of that taking place like during the pandemic. And I think that like as soon as someone like, you know, as soon as someone sees that there's like a new, like more innovative way of doing an event, there's a lot of like info sharing. So I've I've been in touch recently with Charity Water, with uh, Memorial Sloan Kettering. We had a lot of like just kind of like benchmarking conversations with different colleagues that save the children that are doing events differently or having a different approach to their style of events. Wow. That's, that's really cool. I like that you're, you know, bouncing ideas off each other all for a common good cause. Yeah. It almost makes me think like, you know, we, we get a lot of folks who turn in, tune into the podcast from all sorts of industries, but Yours might might garner some really specific attention given that we haven't had a nonprofit um, event professional on, I want to say in some time, Rachel can correct me if it's ever, what would you want to say to like the other nonprofit event professionals listening to you talk about your career and in your day-to-day life? Well, here's a plug for you. I would say go to Cvent Connect because I was really- That's why we asked. (laughs) 
I was really, so first of all, I just some background about our relationship with Seavent. We started working together probably like seven or eight years ago. We're looking for a system that was going to track RSVPs and, and kind of streamline all of the data for our, our CRM for a summit where we were accepting reservations for students, uh, for high school and college students, for board members, supporters corporate partners. And uh, the more we kind of like widened our, our audience for that summit, it took place in DC, the more complicated it got. We had like a pretty complex registration. And Seavent was, I think, a really fantastic system for that particular event. And the team was right there with us at customizing the various different, like the registration process. And so since we kind of like Years have passed now and we've sunset that event since, but, but we're still using social table and around the same time that we were working together in that like first few years, I went to Seavent connect and I didn't really know what to expect. I, I envisioned that I would be like one of the only nonprofit representatives there. And I loved how you divided, you know, certain areas of the conference to be divided by industry. And I was really surprised to meet so many other event leaders. Yeah. And there were a lot of um, collegiate organizations there that were using Cvent for their like um, alumni events. I thought that that was great to get to connect with them. So anyway, again, shameless plug. I'm sad that I'm not going to be able to join you tomorrow, but best of luck with the conference. I, I think it's really so well done. That's so great to hear. And and you're talking to the, you know, one of the huge conference planners. And then I manage a lot of our programming for the nonprofit industry. We're trying to go even deeper with specific sessions. And we've got two in-person meetups. But I'll put a plug for those listening. Our whole customer marketing team has completely revamped our Cvent community experience, which is our online user platform. There's all sorts of quick one pagers and tips and tricks on how to do things. And there's an association of nonprofit user group that you can join. And it's essentially a, an industry forum to bounce ideas off of, to figure out how to do specific use cases or workarounds. And it's been really fun posting industry specific content there as part of the discussion. So anybody listening can join. Yeah. And we, we can link to these for our listeners online. So you can get a little bit more information. But before we do that, Tyler, any closing remarks, advice, or anything else you want to share with our listeners in regard to nonprofit events, the industry, um, UNICEF in general, just one final, you know, statement from you? Well, thank you so much for for inviting me. Uh, again, like so grateful to be included. I think, you know, if I've sparked your interest about UNICEF USA, I a plug that I'll give is that last year my team worked on a short film. It's a short documentary film called If You Have. Um, it was one of the many projects that we did during this kind of like void of live events in 2020 and 2021. And uh, we had the opportunity to work with Academy Award winning director Ben Proudfoot. So the film is online. It's You can find it at ifyouhavefilm.org. It's, I think, a really, really fascinating 30-minute dive into UNICEF's work. 
for those that aren't as familiar with UNICEF's work, it really does a good job at capturing the intimacy and the like emotional connection that UNICEF brings um, and the value that UNICEF brings to so many lives. So check it out if you have time. And I think we can chat the link, maybe. Yeah, we can put it, we can put it on our podcast page for, for our listeners. Okay, cool. Amazing. Awesome. Well, Tyler, I'm going to have to check out this film because this sounds really amazing. And the fact that you became a, an Academy Award winner, I, that's what I'm going to call it in my mind because you probably deserve it. I should have to check it out. And so should our listeners. But I just want to say thank you to Elizabeth and Tyler. Thanks for joining our podcast today. It's been a real treat having a, a real life superhero on the podcast. So thank you for joining. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Rachel. It's so good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you too. Major props. Thanks for all you do for the children in need uh, around the world. You're my hero. And to our other superheroes listening, thanks for joining us. If you have any additional things you'd like to share with us or questions, send us a DM on LinkedIn or a note at greatevents at cvent.com. Thanks for tuning in to Great Events. See you next time.